Welcome back to Common Happiness with Sonia Kencare. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to a colleague who I respect deeply, who works with the mental health of children and is a servant in her community. But I want to give her a chance to tell us a little bit more about herself. Thank you, Sonia. That was such a beautiful, beautiful greeting. Pleasure to be here with you, of course. Um, I've known you for several years now, so hearing about this, I was very excited to join you. So my name is Camilla. Um, I recently turned 45. I am a native of Chicago through and through. Um, I've lived here pretty much most of my life, but moved away um, for a few years for graduate school and lived in Tennessee for a bit, but then came back home to attend medical school and, and have been here ever since then. Um, I'm also a mother mother of two. I have um, two bouncy uh, kids, a four-year-old boy and a two-year-old daughter who keep me on my toes every single day. And I'm the oldest of five and the only girl, which is an interesting upbringing for me. So um, in terms of my uh, career, I am a child and adolescent psychiatrist who has been practicing here in Illinois since 2019. I'm full-time working at federally qualified health centers. Um, I've always had a passion for working with the underserved and um, the pediatric population. I feel like bring me the most joy and reward in that I know that I can potentially help them and their families early on. And so I enjoy what I do. And um, yeah, it's exciting. Um, I'm currently in West Town working with a wonderful patient population there. And I love the team that I have and it's been a, a good fit for me for this time. Having your role where you're so positively and impactfully working with children has a ripple effect that I feel like is so meaningful, not just for each individual, but their communities in terms of how they're able to enjoy their lives more. Yeah, I have to agree, yeah. Yeah, it is a ripple effect into their community. Um, and a lot of the kids that I work with, just to you know, be forthcoming, there's a lot of you know trauma backgrounds, a lot of you know just um, poverty that um, they encounter, and so um, trying to help them to navigate things early on, I think is beneficial um, in their households um, with academics and other things. It's it's really rewarding in that respect. What inspired you to choose a career in mental health? specifically in the mental health of children? That is a great question, Sonia, and I, I appreciate that. Um, so a bit of a story, um, but it, it goes back to my early childhood. Um, I actually grew up in Cabrini-Green, which is a former housing project on the north side of Chicago that um, has been gentrified <laughs> since 2011. But um, growing up there, um, of course, it was underserved. Um, very low poverty level, but um, I, I experienced um, a lot of mental illness or mental health concerns in the community. Um, of course, seeing people on the streets talking to themselves sure. or partaking in not so great things, but also to, um, in terms of family history, I um, was exposed to certain family members with different disorders and I knew something wasn't right. Um, just didn't know exactly what was going on with them, but, um, I realized that a lot of them did not get appropriate treatment um, or there wasn't enough, I guess, in terms of access um, right. to treatment in the communities. Um, I learned that as I grew grew up and, and um, started to, you know, really focus on things, but just experiencing 
mental health concerns early on um, from my community um, and my family and other things. It was kind of like the catalyst for me to go into psychology for undergrad. Um, and I was essentially, well, initially going to be a school psychologist um, because I felt like I could work in the schools with kids sure. and, and really help there. But that wasn't the long-term um, career goal that I have for myself. It wasn't enough of getting to the core of things. Um, and so it, it transitioned years later to medical school and then into child psychiatry, which is a long, long process. But <laughs> It is a very long road. For our listeners yes. at home, could you tell us how many years of education you did after high school? Oh, gosh. Um, so... Uh, after high school, of course, there's undergrad for all of us. So that's four years of undergraduate work. Um, and then for me, I'm, I'm a very non-traditional student. So um, after undergraduate uh, work, I did go on to get my master's in school psychology, which was two additional years. <laughs> so, um, but then I took a break, worked for a little bit, and then I actually um, did a summer pre-matriculation program for medical school. And then I did a post-bac program as well, which is an additional two years on top of <laughs> the previous six of learning, um, but totally non-traditional, but for regular students who go through the uh, normal path, it's four years of undergraduate work and then um, four years for medical school typically. And then depending on which field or specialty you decide to go into typically, Residency can be, I believe, at a minimum three years, sometimes two, but it could be three to four years. And then fellowship, which is what I did um, for child psychiatry, that's an additional two years. Um, so, it's so a to very bring it all educated to, woman, listeners. Oh, gosh. A very educated woman. <laughs> Spending a lot of time in the books. Uh, my family felt like I was going to be the career student and never really work a full job because schooling was continuous. But gosh, all together, Sonia, for myself, so 10 years of schooling, but then mm -hmm. five years of actual training with residency. Wow. So 15. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's wonderful to learn about your career. Camila, are you happy? I appreciate that question. And I have to say, I am. I do believe I, I am typically a happy person. Um, I do try to find joy in most things that I partake in. Um, and I love smiling and, and being around good energy people. So, yeah. I know our listeners can't see you, but Camila has had a big smile on her face this entire time. And along with her theme of serving children, she has a background of beautiful, colorful polka dots and cupcakes as her Zoom background. So just to give you context for this wonderful human. Camila, how do you define happiness for yourself? So for me, Sonia, um, I find happiness in a lot of things, but uh, the, my true joy comes from my two kids. Um, I don't think I, I was a happy person before them, but um, just seeing the world through their eyes each and every day that I'm with them, um, it just warms my heart and, and makes me feel good to know that um, I'm a part of their journeys and um, hopefully instilling some positivity and positivity and good things into them. Um, so kids are a part of it for sure. They're primary, they're pr the primary core of my happiness. Um, I also, you know, find happiness within myself. Um, I have, I believe I've grown as a, a woman um, over the years and 
in early childhood, I don't think I was as happy because of things that I experienced and being, you know, in that certain environment and exposures. But over time, exploring the world, um, learning new people and new things, I've grown to uh, love and appreciate who I am, you know, at this point in my life. And um, looking internally has um, always brought me happiness for sure. And um, I, I love what I do. I, I truly, truly enjoy working with kids and their parents um, each and every day that I have the opportunity to to help in some way. I don't, I don't know, I get this feeling of, uh, it's more than joy. It's uh, a sense of like purpose, um, accomplishment in a way, especially if, you know- It's a huge if, accomplishment. Uh, yeah, well, well, thank you for that. But it, you know, to know that you are, um, you know, in, being involved in someone's life and actually changing things for the better, possibly, it uh, right. is rewarding. Yes. You've touched about this a little bit, but what brings you joy on a day-to-day basis? Joy, everything. <laughs> no, not everything, but most things. In all honesty, um, I don't like feeling stressed. I don't like feeling irritable. I don't like feeling overwhelmed. So if there are things that um, I know are going to interfere with me feeling good, mm-hmm. um, of course, I'll take care of them, but I take care of them quickly and get to the things that bring me joy. So I enjoy exercising. Right. I love those healthy endorphins. Um, meditation, um, whether it's just, you know, sitting in a quiet room by myself, or even if I'm in a public space, but I have to step away, I will go and meditate to bring bring myself back to being grounded. Um, uh, you know, having positive affirmations for myself on a regular basis. Um, and then interacting with people. People, actually, the human connection brings right. me joy. Um, whether it be talking to you, uh, my family, of course, my kids, colleagues, um, patients, parents, everybody. I um, I enjoy the human connections. <laughs> We're all well, different and unique in our own ways, but all, all have uh, good qualities to share. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What gave you your last belly laugh? <laughs> I laugh all the time, too. I know you know that, but... It all, it, uh, gosh, let's see. As a new mom, you can appreciate this and then I'm sure it's coming. So sometimes when you're rushing in the morning, you know, you're hopping out of the shower and the kids can, will be there and they'll see things exposed. And so a, a couple of times, my two little ones have, you know, seen my breast and I've, you know, I've taught them the word, you know, instead of saying breast, I'll say booby. This is mommy's booby. And yeah. boobies have milk and they fed you, right? And so not really thinking that they would grab onto it. Of course, I would want them to say, you know, something soft and nothing, you know, too extreme. But my two-year-old, this was yesterday. We were just, we were in the bathroom and she kind of like grabbed her chest a little bit. And she's two. She doesn't have a chest. Right. And I was like, what are you grabbing? And she said, my booby. It's my booby, mommy. That's so funny. Okay. I just couldn't help but laugh. But she recognizes now that she's a girl and she has potentially she'll have boobies like Bobby and I right. learning anatomy. Even hearing that makes me want to give her a hug. I cannot wait until you meet her um, and Nolan. They're great. They sound awesome. What's the weirdest thing that's ever made you happy? The weirdest thing that has ever made me happy. Oh, huh. That is an interesting question. Honestly, the story you just told us about your daughter could qualify, even though I wouldn't describe it as weird. It's fun, but definitely weird. out of the norm for experiences people tend to have on a normal basis. But That's true. That is true. I can't think of any recent weird 
interactions that I've had have been hilarious. I, I would have to get back to you on that. Yeah, one. I'm not there's sure. no pressure there. Mm -hmm. What's a word you associate with happiness and why? Um, happiness is so many things. Uh, for me, I think it comes back to love. Um, love for others, love for self. Um, just um, feeling love, you know, just internally, but also receiving it from someone that you care about deeply and also giving it back to them. That is what truly, truly feels very happy to me and keeps me in a happy space because I know that I, for myself, I believe that I give out love to um, people who are close to me. Um, and this is beyond family, but especially my, you know, family members and, and my kids, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, friends and everything, but to receive it back just the same, have it reciprocated, there's, there's nothing else that can compare. So love would be the word. I love that. Okay. <laughs> you, I feel like you've touched on this a little bit as well, but how has your perspective on happiness been shaped by difficulty? And this could be any sort of rough time or difficult time you've experienced. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I did, I believe, touch on a little bit. But yeah, um, going back to early childhood experiences, which a lot of us go through, and then, um, uh, of course, so many people go through adversity. Um, but for myself personally, um, I know for sure um, when I was a kid, I wasn't the most happy that I could be it's because of, you know, different things that I was exposed to. Um, and I think I had happy moments then, mm -hmm. but um, true joy did not come until later in life when I was able to experience the world more, see a different side of society and um, a different way of living that I started to really feel like, okay, this is happiness. And of course you can find happiness even in adversity. Right. And, and I could as a kid, but there was, there was always something that would impede on it during that time. And that could be community violence. There was a lot of gunshots um, sure. in the neighborhood, sometimes coming through the windows, um, a lot of drug dealing that we would see um, in, in buildings and things. And then also within my household personally, it wasn't the happiest environment. And that was due to um, just to speak to my mother's first husband, who just was not a, a great guy. And he, mm -hmm. you know, would project whatever his stress was onto the family. So, right. so um, getting out of that environment and God right. bless my mom, cause she finally did. Um, mm -hmm. I think the day when she moved out from that environment was when I felt a sense of relief. freedom and yeah. safety and release. And then from then on the happiness and the, the joy started to just increase. Yeah. That's a wonderful journey. What is your personal philosophy on happiness? Oh gosh, personal philosophy. I believe in order for a person to to truly, truly be happy, um, it 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 cannot be external to start with. It, it has to start within you um, mm -hmm. as an individual. You have to learn how to appreciate who you are as a person, um, appreciate your your your, your, your strengths and your weaknesses and recognize that um, God made you 
you for a reason. And as long as you love yourself and are happy with yourself, you will exude that to the world and people will receive that as such. Um, and it will just be a continuous cycle as long as you appreciate you and are happy with you. How do you prioritize your happiness? I think I prioritize it every single day. Um, of course, you cannot be happy 24 seven. I don't want sure. to put it on the false <laughs> narrative up front. But every morning when I wake up, um, even if I'm super tired or whatever it may be, you know, I just say to myself in my mind, you know, I'm going to tackle this day as best as I can um, and accomplish as many tasks as I can off, off of my list, but not to get upset with myself or get discouraged if some things get pushed to the side. Um, I wake up motivated because um, I'm motivated to do as best as I can for my kids. Um, I, I have to put on, of course, the, the wonderful smile for them because mm -hmm. I, I recognize if I'm looking serious, they are looking at me and they're mirrors of me. So right. I, I, you know, of course, want to present to them that you can make each day happy and well if you wake up with a smile on your face and positive thoughts. Um, they are my motivation. They um, keep me going. And then also too, just thinking about what I will do at work um, and going into each encounter with the, even though some of the cases may be very complex and not, sure. you know, um, they get very complex and sometimes very, very emotional cases. I still try to find a silver lining in those encounters and, and yeah. try to make sure I leave the, um, the interviews with the families in a in positive light. And that keeps me going. Can anything compromise your happiness? And if so, how do you counteract that? Yeah, there, there are certain things that can interfere with happiness at moments. Um, for instance, um, just to speak to current news today, uh, you know, hearing about the incident in Maine um, and right. previous, you know, mass shootings and along with what's happening in, you know, Israel and Gaza and Ukraine and now, you know, American troops being shipped out, you know, those things can make you pause and, um you know, question humanity and, and um, what's going on in society. And it can make you not feel great in those moments when you're looking at the media. Um, and so when I'm locked in in those moments and I'm not feeling that great and it makes me concerned and scared for the future for, you know, our society as well. Um, sometimes, I, of course, if I feel like it's going into a darker place, I'll, of course, turn it off, try to reset myself. And if the low mood is still lingering, it's still on my mind. And I, of course, I'll reset with meditation, mm -hmm. um, different affirmations to distract from the not so great thoughts. And it, it centers me and brings me back to, okay, we're still alive. We're still a thriving society at this point. There's right. still some wonderful, happy people in the world who don't want to take over everything and, and harm others. Um, right. And just believing that um, they're still good humans. Oh, I wow. am a huge fan of meditation and grounding to recenter myself when I feel like I'm getting carried away in negativity or in any direction that I don't want to be going in. Yeah, it's it's powerful. It is powerful. I recommend it to everyone. What is your advice for anyone at home who might be making their own efforts to cultivate happiness? Advice to anyone, especially as the younger generation. Um, 
we always have to be mindful of our own personal needs um, and wants. And if you're going into something, whether it's you know your education, career, intimate relationship, friendships, if you're going into things that do not feel good in your your gut, your core, and it's um, giving you, um, I guess, stress, and that you're not feeling as optimistic about whatever that relationship or position is, mm-hmm. then you have to set some boundaries um, and reset and maybe rethink um, going into that situation and, and maybe switch and do something different. Um, to speak to that, a, a cousin of mine just um, um, started a new position, paying a lot of money, thought it was going to be wonderful, but Um, she sent me a message yesterday and it just said, you know, I'm highly stressed. This is not what I expected. And I think I may have to go back to my old position, even though it may be a, a, you know, a pay cut. And I said to her directly, I said, I understand, but what you're doing is smart in that if this job is stressing you to a point to where you are not happy, right. Yourself, you're in your relationship with your husband and other things, then it's a smart move. And, um, you should never do anything that compromises, who you are and your happiness um, for the long term. If it right, if it does money, I don't think it's, it's worth it for the long right. term. She appreciated that. Yeah, so. money comes and goes, and the impact long term of happiness that doesn't have an end in sight, or unhappiness that doesn't have an end in sight, is really mm-hmm. difficult to predict. But it can erode relationships. It can erode your relationship with yourself, and that can be really hard to recover from too. Absolutely. Totally agree. I missed this question before, and you did actually talk a little bit about the role of meditation and grounding yourself, but how do you rebuild joy when you feel down? Okay. Yeah. Um, so when feeling down at all, um, there, and there are moments for sure. We all go through them, especially sure. as women right around the cycle time, sure. <laughs> you're a bit more down. Um, in those moments or, or, you know, certain time points when I'm just not feeling that great, mm-hmm. I do sit with myself and I'll ask, what is it, you know, what is affecting me in this moment? And I'll think, you know, that, is this something related to, you know, something that just happened or some, you know, a family member or anything else? And I'll try to process that and work through it. But if there's, you know, the feeling of joy still isn't there. Right. Honestly, I will hop on the treadmill. I will, um, if I, I don't have access, I will go for a walk outside um, anything to get my blood pumping and flowing. Mm-hmm. And those bursts, short bursts of moments or, or if I said that right, those moments of just getting the heart rate up, blood sure. pressure going, I start to feel better right. because I'm releasing natural endorphins. Um, so that's helpful. But of course, meditation too brings me right back to feeling better, especially the ones with positive affirmations. I love those. Me <laughs> so. too. Any closing thoughts for us? This has been wonderful. I, I think this is a, a great platform for you and your bubbly personality. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. And I appreciate um, you for asking me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for making time to be on Common Happiness today. I really appreciate you. Thank you for conversing on Common Happiness with Sonia Kenker. And if you like this episode, please subscribe.